0: Hey, my name is Alex, and you're listening to Lunchbox Radio. Thanks to everybody listening to my last episode on Season 4 of My Hero Academia. I usually don't do multiple episodes on one series, but for really long-running series, like show-and-jump adaptations, I like to do that, especially if they're not finished, because those shows tend to change a lot in between, like, Not not just when they start and they finish, but they tend to change a lot and focus on different things in even arcs, not just seasons. And in many, many seasons of Shonen Jump shows, there are... If there are seasons, if it's like Naruto, it's a whole different arc divided, is this a filler, does this matter kind of conversation. But they tend to change focuses a lot. And they tend to change tone a lot, and uh, I've only ever read up to just past where the anime is right now, so knowing that was going to be the, like, Yakuza overhaul thing, I kind of wanted to talk about it because I thought it was interesting. So uh, if you haven't listened to that yet, you can, it's the previous podcast in the feed, you can go listen to that. Thank you also to anybody who gave my episode on Way of the House Husband a shot, that that manga's awesome and more people should know about it slash read it. I found about I found out about it, um like months and months and months and months and months, and months like maybe a full year ago, like maybe in like twenty eight not in like twenty eighteen esque times. Um from a Reddit thread of just, like, him doing fucking Pilates. <laughs> which was great. And everybody was like, oh, this thing is always the best. <laughs> they should translate that. That was before they had translated way the way that was. And on that note, Happy New Year. This is the first podcast of the new year. I will be sitting down with... Basically all of the people I've collaborated in the past. That means Slate, um... Alan, um, Lauren, I'm going to trick her into being on at some point. Me and Danny, when we saw each other over the holidays, were like, we should really talk about the rest of the Naked Director. We never actually did that, so we will do that, I swear to God. <laughs> um, But we're going to, so all of that stuff will happen in the future, so you have that to look forward to if you like those episodes, which I know a lot of people like it when I bring somebody else on, and it's not just me yammering on about nonsense for an entire episode, but (laughs) this is that, that's what this episode is, so, whoops, um, but without further ado, I want to get into what we're talking about this week, which is going to be Carol and Tuesday, part two. So, before we get into Carol and Tuesday proper, I want to talk a little bit about the director of Carol and Tuesday, who's also the director of, um, of Cowboy Bebop, and of another show that I haven't covered on this show, because that's a big-ass show, and I would need to figure out how I want to talk about it, um, but, um, he's also director of Terran Residence. And that should tell you what I'm going to talk about here. And his name is... Fuck, why did I... I... Every time I talk about him on freaking the podcast, I forget his name. And that's really bad. Um, But... He is infamous for Cowboy Bebop. And... Um, and he's infamous for Cowboy Bebop, and he's also infamous for something else, and that is Sh- Shinji Wananabe, I can't believe I forget a name. Literally, the only time I ever forget a name is when I'm talking about him on this podcast, it's like it only wants my brain only wants to make me look bad. It's not actually failing. <laughs> Um, me at any point just like ah, maybe we'll keep it from him until he can look it up on his phone while he's talking on a microphone, for recording. Um, they're going to put out to literally hundreds of thousands of listeners because God damn it. Um, <laughs> but so Shinichi Watanabe is known not just for after Cowboy Bebop for being an intensely, intensely liberal, like, creator. If you've ever seen Karen Resonance, Karen Resonance was his, like, art piece response to the far right of Japan. And if you don't know anything about politics in Japan... Okay, um... First off, don't watch Shin Godzilla. Like, it will make no fucking sense. Um... <laughs> second off... Japan is an immensely, immensely conservative environment for politics. It's just massively convi- conservative. It is very anti-immigrant. It is very... It is very homophobic, believe it or not, despite, you know, the samurai. um. It is. Ve- it is... It's all the things you think of when you think of a conservative, you know political movement kind of thing. And it, uh, that d- that has changed, and that is different than it was, but it is still extremely, extremely pervasive. And if you're wondering, like, Alex, why are you talking about Sochi Ruan Nabe being a, like, super left-wing madman, like, madman of a creator, at the beginning of an episode about Carol and Tuesday, which he directed, but last I saw was just about, you know, creative people being creative, and creative people, like, you know, having having fun and ignoring bullshit, and being creative. The reason why I'm talking about it right now is because Carol and Tuesday Part 2 is less only about them just being creative and ignoring the world around them as it like tries to stop that and more about the way that artists have a responsibility to not ignore the world around them and to engage with it and to see it honestly from their point of view. And if you like, Alex, what do you mean? And what I mean by that is there's a visibility with, that comes with doing a show exclusively, a Netflix exclusive show, and the reason that is is because Netflix is almost guaranteed to pump money into your into your project uh, enough to not just make it good but make it excellent if you know what you're doing, and Sochiro Nabi certainly knows what he's doing. Uh, Space Dandy proved that. Um, so did Cowboy Bebop but oftentimes people have different things they they want to say, and the nature of the broadcast of like the broadcasting climate of Japan is way different than it is here there are Way there are on some levels way harsher limitations to what they can and can't do, and there are some ways way more lenient. But also the viewership of you know of of a program that could go that could go on the air there and be extremely liberal and extremely and uh, extremely to either side really is. Kind of a lot like, you know, the standard broadcast channels are here, um, in actuality. But also, there's a tremendous, tremendous amount of censorship, where... So, if anybody here, if anybody listening is old enough, and you can think back to the 90s, like, the mid... The mid-90s, early, like... Like like early to mid nineties, and think back to what Comedy Central looked like back then, and how Comedy Central showed a lot of the like raunchy, stupid college comedies. This also this happened early in like the early aughts now, and like the in like the early in like the first half of the millen in like the first tenth of the millennium, basically. Um. Because we are in a new decade now, go figure. Um, and that was when Comedy Central wanted to show a movie like, let's say, who knows? Um, what's it called? Of, like, like, um, what's a good example? Old school. Old school is a great example. There are scenes of. Like a perplexed nudity and B like scantily clad women in that in that movie that you kind of can't cut out, but they still want to show it and they want to show it on any time slot. And since it's got a boob in it, it won't it it's not gonna fly in um. America, what that means is you have to you have to basically just pass the censors and that's the same in Japan and lots of people i think probably already know it, where I'm going with this but basically in Japan, the censor rules are super specific and something like um Sekon no quasar for example, which is a a at Worst hentai approach, approaching hentai esque, edgy anime about the power of breast milk. I'm not kidding; it exists. Yeah, you can go find it. You can watch it. It's it's on the internet. I promise. Um, but the what they'd have to do to that, they'd have to use these huge beams of light, basically. Like there's these light beams that go over all of, like. The bad part, And it's not even that digitized. It is like a solid, glowing, white, neon line across the screen that interrupts the entire screen for the entire cut of animation that, that, that a nipple is on screen. Or, or many times, not even a nipple. Like, a slightly too close cut of a panty is on screen. <laughs> and that's the kind of... So where we are like like yeah you're not supposed to know what's there but like if you're watching this you might already know so just censorship for people like literally walking by from the other room to the room on the other side of wherever the TV room is basically um for childhood for child for child decency laws <laughs> purposes so the the environment for self-expression is very different in many countries, and that includes Japan. And oftentimes, they want to make things that that will have the most mass appeal to the most amount and create the most amount of hardcore fans, so they can have Blu-ray sales, so they can sell their mo- so they can make their money back on whatever property it is. That puts artists like Sinichiro Watanabe in a bind, because while he is a renowned anime director now, he was, A, he wasn't always, B, he won't always be, and C, Cubby Bebop is famous now, is well-known now, now, but at the time it was, it, it aired, it, it started its airing on late on a late night chan- on a late night programming feed, and then moved to a cable channel where it could do to a specialized cable channel where it could do what it wanted to do with its story. What, since you wanted to do with its story, what it could finish. Basically, it became a huge thing when it came to America. A similar less, um, a less about content and more about substance version of that is Trigon. Trigon was never popular in... J- was really never popular in Japan. It became popular in America first. So, here you have an anime director who is generally acknowledged as being one of the best and brightest anime directors of all time. And that's not to say he doesn't have a shoddy record, um, you know, kids on the slope was an attempt at what Carolyn Tuesday is doing in a different in a slightly different form factor. Actually in a very different form factor. And most people appreciate it, but they don't like it. It feels like it feels like it's going to school and it's not like it's entertainment, if that makes any sense. Um And Terran Residence is a is a, is an example of a director getting something off his chest. And it has, I've done I've done a podcast about it, it has its interesting points, but it's not necessarily go- good or even great at many points. Where the difference is that Carol and Tuesday is a... How should I put this? It is a uncompromising... Vision of what he wanted to, of what I would imagine he wanted to put into the world the man who ha who clearly has an immense um appreciation for music and culture and what it means to be to be someone who creates music and so- someone who creates culture he sees the links between music and culture and politics and issues people care about and freedom of movement in the world and the rights of the downtrodden and the rights of people from places that are less better off than where they ended up in in the places they ended up. And normally in these podcasts, when I talk about, like, you know, big political things. It's me getting up on a high horse, and I, I'm reading a, a lot into the show with a lot of background knowledge on a lot of different things in A, society, and B, Japanese society. But here, that's not really true. It... <laughs> I think, um, Zach Birchie probably said it best in his, in a podcast recently, this, Carolyn Tuesday is blunt. It's not a, it's, he's not trying to be nuanced in this, in this show. He's not trying to say, hey, if you read between the lines, kind of, you can see this thing happening in this show because I think it's important that we pay attention to this, like, idea in society and we value it. Uh, he is making a direct statement in Carol and Tuesday about the value of immigration, about the value of the immigrants themselves, about the value of self-expression, about the over-policing of people of color, about the, you know, about the solitary artist as a kind of institution, about the... Sacrifices people make for their art, and it's sometimes you get you get people who. How should I put this? Uh, sometimes you'll meet a designer who sees photography as nice and necessary, but not as an art form. And what I mean by what I mean to say by that is sometimes you'll get people who are in one form of creative pursuit who don't recognize other creative pursuits as an equal um and that and that doesn't make them in any any better of an artist or any worse of an artist it just means that they don't they don't keep their mind open to what the world is capable of, and of the and to the connections that people that people don't make but exist between artists, creation, society, the like all that stuff. So, for example, let's just hypothetically say, what would happen if? uh really hyped up artist, probably overhyped artist like um Yayoi Katsuma, decided to in addition to making her art about to in- making her polka dot stuff decided to start making art exclusively about immigration exclusively exclusively about the persecution of um Im- immigrants that would have a lot of effect on what people um on how people perceive the issue and that people perceive the issue at all what that would do is it would elevate that issue and make it and give and give it enough value for people who would never pay attention to it to pay attention to it um and I've been kind of dancing around this a little bit, but this shows kind of overall... What... If if Shinichiro Watanabe is concerned with anything for the second half of Carol on Tuesday, it is that the world is forcing itself to remain small and remain disconnected, and it's forcing itself not to tackle the the big problems that face the world in the name of petty bullshit. Simply because it wants to you know, have the opportunity to exclude someone who's a different color than it. And people are from a less privileged place than than other people. And... It explores this in a bunch of ways, but it, it 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 primarily explores it in the in the use of two characters. And first, the first character is Carol, and the second character is not Tuesday actually, but it's a Rapper who you meet at um, the, the the second time they go to Sidonia Fest in the um in the second in the in the second part named Ezekiel, and it, you learn through the plot that Ezekiel was Carol's best friend when she was in the um, refugee camp with him, and with that turns into, is you realize, is for the entire show, from the very beginning, you're following Tuesday's mother, as she gears up and then runs a campaign for the presidency of Mars. And from the jump, from the jump, they, they basically do everything except for the golden fucking escalator. They code her in the same way that you see President Trump, and I think it's no—it's no secret on this show that I am—I am not a fan of the man in the blonde of the man in the blonde wig? Question mark. I mean, it's attached, but is it really his hair? I don't think so. And what I mean by that is that they—you know—they they have a Steve Bannon stand-in. They have like all these surrounding stand ins for the like Trump team, so to speak. And all of Tuesday's mother I think her name might be Mallory. No it's not. But um in my head it's Mallory. But all of Tuesday's mother's rhetoric is largely anti immigrant and pro and like pro pro white people basically. And it but because like I said, Carolyn Tuesday is not is not delicate. It is a blunt instrument. They don't fuck around with all the dog whistle bullshit. Whatever clips they show you of her being racist is like out and out extremely super racist. And that is all guided by this AI that is used to um govern whether the campaign is doing well, is... So, what we have here is we have basically a real-life version of YouTube suggesting you super alt-right-wing Nazi shit because of viewership numbers, basically. And we have an algorithm being manipulated by a bad actor I forget the um stupid campaign manager name to um, to manipulate the populace, which may have started with a little bit of that sentiment, but it was pushed in that direction by an algorithm that was being um pushed in that direction by a person, and you find out later that i think his name is jerry is the um is the jerry would make sense but um jerry is the uh name of the of the of the political consultant that they that is on tuesday's mother's campaign um but she but he basically ends up committing a terror uh, ter- a terrorist act to swing the vote entirely in her favor without her knowledge. And... Unlo- but the thing... The thing about... The thing about Sochi making the show is he could have chosen to make Tuesday's mother, who I really don't remember her name, it's really kind of not important, a... Character who is doing this willingly and who is like honestly doing this as a like as a true part of their heart, but and I think this is interesting. He intentionally makes her kind of a will, a, a, a willing, a, a willing bullhorn, so to speak. She, she is very clearly throughout this entire process doing this so she can win. Not because it's what she actually believes, not because it's what she would ever say privately, but because she knows she can do it and win. And that's important because that's exactly the way, you know, somebody like Trump does, all, does, does and says everything. Uh, although, unlike Trump, uh, unlike Tuesday's mother, Trump probably believes it. He went after the Jack. He went after the Central Park Five for no fucking reason, um, in the '80s. But the thing about Carol and Tuesday, and the thing about the show is that they they still have everything that you love about the show. They still have great songs, you know, fun, and and, and it, it starts in a pretty fun place, and it starts. Pretty dis like those two storylines start very disconnected. The thing that connects them is that it's Tuesday's mother who's running for president. And if you saw the first part of Carol and Tuesday, you know that was her goal it, it, anyway. So it's not a surprising thing. It it almost feels like it's more there to remind you that like Tuesday's in a weird fucking position that may have to be dealt with at some point. And then when it comes, but then by the time it comes in, like the two plots intersect with each other, the first time it happens, you you are you're surprised at the way it happened, but not that it happened. And the way that it happens is, um, what's his face? Uh, Angela's producer. Um, what's his face? Um, Han, not Han. Oh, um <laughs> Yeah, right. Um Chow I think his name's Mr. Ch- not Mr. Chow. Um But a- anyway, An- Angela's like very analytic producer who uses this big AI machine setup to make all of Angela's hit songs is approached by Jerry's a like scumbag fucking Steve Bannon stand in campaign campaign consultant, and he says, I know about your um, research from ITM, which is the show standing for, for MIT. I'd like to use it in our campaign. And he's like, No. Fuck you. That's not what it should be used for. Me and politics don't mix. Get out of my office. And... That basically comes to head with him being told to give Jerry the AI by his by his lead investor, who is, like, the single biggest billionaire on Mars. Um, and it, it all snowballs, because at the same time all that's happening, Carol has found Ezekiel, who is actually her friend Almir, I feel like I'm explaining it so opera now, um, but it, it all, all of a sudden it hits you in a real way that they're both immigr- they're both refugees and immigr- and more importantly immigrants from earth, which is' not doing real so hot right now um <laughs> like right now in reality and in the show it's not it's just not doing so hot but if Tuesday's mother had her way they would be deported to Earth. And that's, that's... In the show, it's made to feel tantamount like a death sentence. Especially since... many immigrants have never been to Earth. Um, many Many of the people who are technically immigrants have never been to Earth. In the same way that the Dreamers, oftentimes, have never been to their home countries. In reality. And... Tuesday, Carol just wants to make music, and but she wants to be, she wants to have her friend. Izyk, she wants to have her friend Almir back, but Almir has had to survive for his entire life, like on the edge of a knife, and has turned into a different person, and has turned into like, basically super hard edge fucking Jaden Smith. That makes any sense, um, and he is. A, like, Grammy-nominated rapper at the time you meet him. And his last song that he releases before they put him in prison um, is all about how there is going to be this riot that will happen as a result of all the anti-immigrant sentiment in the world right now. And he turns out to be more than a little right. ...and the reason... ...but... ...how should I put this... ...he doesn't... ...he doesn't understand... ...what a lot of... ...arguments with two sides... ...even though one side is in bad faith... ...don't understand... ...and that is... you're, ...you're never going to win... ...so dumping gas on the flame just gives them a reason, and, um, the stand-in for the guy... And, so, now I'm gonna start using explanations as stand-ins, because it's really true. The character who's a stand-in for a pop star version of Santana ends up basically, summing it up, when cops try to... try to... try to bully him into finding a reason to arrest him. He basically says, like, you just want a reason to arrest me. And one of his, like, hype men... One of his, like, friend-buddy hype men people on the side... Basically calls him a pig and gets kicked over and spits on him and that's the reason. And anime, and anime Santana gets thrown in the slammer too. Um... Now, like I said, I don't... I don't normally go into um political bullshit on these shows with a reason. Usually I just end up there because I I think about it and it's... It, it is baked into the creative process that the environment it was created in will be reflected in more than some ways, in a lot of ways. If you look at... um. If you look at the work of Kunihiko Ikahara, the guy who directed Utena, that is... Those are very... All of his work is very clearly statement pieces. If you look at... Um... Anno, all of his work is very clearly, like, a statement on things. Um, even Shin... Even, and probably especially, Shin Godzilla. If you look at, um... If you look at a lot of, if you look at a lot of anime, even the ones made by and made for children, you'll see a lot of that. If you look at, um, Hunter X Hunter, for example, is a great example. Actually, Hunter X Hunter has a very clear, and I know this because I'm literally watching through it. I'm dreading the Greed Island arc. So bad. Oh my god. Every time... Every time I make it to, like, about the middle of the Greed Island arc, I'm like, ah, maybe this isn't for me anymore. God damn it, no. Um... But... The thing about Hunter x Hunter is it has this... Understanding of fucked-up morality that is kind of amazing. Its main character, um, Karapika... Is just... Like, on a, like, path of fucking vengeance. And they show that in its entirety. And it's, it's friggin', it's kind of inspired to see a show that's just like, no, no, like, we're just gonna let this happen. We're not gonna give him a moment where he is, where he escapes this and where the show lets, lets this go and, like, the show cops out on this. It, like, I'm at, I'm at the, um, probably the tail end of the York New City arc where he's captured one of the Phantom Troop and he's just like, they just strapped this dude to a table and they're gonna torture the fuck out of him for basically no reason. And Grefg is like, yeah, murder boater. Um, so it's, it's, should I put this? It's unique in the way that it wants to tell its story. But Carol and Tuesday went from using went from making all these real-world musical references to making references about what to having a conversation about what real world musicians probably think about now you know unless you're Ted Nugent who I would imagine is not even really a musician he's more of a gun nut with a ukulele um a more conservative world is not good for you. It is not good for you as a creator, because it limit it limit it limits what at at some point it starts to get to a point where it limit where it an attempt to limit free speech and ultimately thought, and that's not that's not something that any creator wants. It, so, and that's regard and that's regardless of what you think about the creation, um. If you've ever seen... Uh, I can't imagine lots of people have because it's an older movie now. Because I'm old. um, That's what my back tells me these days. <laughs> um, if you've ever seen the movie The People vs. Larry Flint. People vs. Larry Flint is all about Larry Flint going... Taking... um, I think the state of New York to court. Because he was not allowed to publish Hustler. And if you don't know what Hustler is, it, if you don't know what Hustler is, it's a very, very over-the-top porno mag. Um, and the thing about Larry Flynn is he went after, I think, the state of New York. I think I'm remembering that. He went after some big government um, body because they were saying that his magazine was obscene and should be kept from print and um do they um more than a passing reference to this in uh the naked director and the naked director is, all, is also very much about the same kind of freedom of expression thing and it's that you know you no no other human should be able to decide the con the contents of another person's, like, expression or speech for any reason. And yes, on one hand, porn is for, is for the use that porn is for, self-gratification or partner gratification in some cases. It should not be looked at as any less than a painting or a, photograph or any of that shit. Because it can contain the same magnitudes. And it contains the same, if not more, if it's video, amount of work. And the kind of cool thing about Carol and Tuesday is that it doesn't look down on any other form of music. It, it, Carol and Tuesday are making very specific kind of broad-appeal, like, Manic Pixie Dream Girl-esque music. But the people you cross paths with throughout the entire show, from Angela to, um... What's her name? The, um, girl who did Galaxy Bounce, to Piotr, to, um... What's it what's his face? Um to ultimately Desmond, who is very Desmond is super clearly like a David Bowie reference, just on steroids. Um but all of those characters are represented as having their own thing and that their own thing is not just valuable but invalu but as valuable to the world as Carol and Tuesday. Carol and Tuesday are, like, the archetypical songwriter, like, performance duo that is, um, prized in the music world. But that doesn't, mean, but this show doesn't attempt to say, hey, that's the only kind of creation that's valid. It's, it is okay, it is not just okay, but it is in awe of people like Angela. It is in awe of people like Ezekiel and his crew who make, who compose and perform hip-hop songs or, you know, highly electronically produced pop pop songs. It is okay. It is, like, in... in absolute awe of people like Desmond, who, you know, truly sac- who, at that point, you meet Desmond at, truly sacrifice for their art, and what it does with the end is it shows you kind of what is true of the art world, and that is, and this is tr- this is true of any. Community of people who create things. Really, it's not. It doesn't even need to be art. It's true of scientists. It's true, certainly true of anime, friggin' essayists and analyzer like me, and like any of you else you listen to, and you've and you've heard it to be true here on this very podcast. Anybody who creates things, if they, if they create things for long enough they find their way into whatever, into at the very least part of the community of other people creating the same thing. That's part of the reason why I love having people like Slater and Alan on, because they are part of the anime community in a way that, like, Lauren used to be, isn't so much anymore, but Danny is part of, like, he has a lot of film knowledge, but not so much, like, actual, applicable anime knowledge. But, that, those podcasts I do with people, with Alan and with Slater, link me to the, like, rest of the anime world. And, you know, conversations I have on with, you know, other... People who talk about anime on the internet on Twitter do the same thing. The panels I give um, in New York once a year, hopefully twice a year, soon enough, are also in the same vein. They link me back to the community, and they let me be a part of it and be a voice in it. And for Carolyn Tuesday, the way the show ultimately resolves to deal with this undeserved vitriol of hatred for, it's, for really just people, just brown people, is that it says, okay, it's time for everybody to get together and sing one goddamn song. They they basically have some combination of a live aid moment. And a Cadillac Records-esque supergroup moment to solve the problem of, like, the to take the culture out of people who might want to steer it in a direction that would be harmful. And put it back in the hands of people who do create and steer and, but also value culture. And... I think that's... I think that's not thought about enough. It's not... The fact is that it's not thought of enough that if a artist like Eminem tells Trump to go fuck himself, then people listen to that. And people who may not have... may not have understood what... That meant what what tr- what Trump's actions would mean in the long run would start to consider that, and I, so a couple of years ago, when Eminem re- Eminem released another album, and it was like trashed all all up and down the internet by people who used to listen to it, and the key word there is used to. And the reason why it was trash was because it was a split, it was a like divergence of thought pattern. Eminem looks at someone like Trump and he sees what, if you have a brain, you do see. And that's he that, and that is that he Trump's out for number one. And every like moment that feels like, oh, he's going to do something good by me. No, he won't. He will leave you in the dirt with every other person who doesn't have money. And the thing about Tuesday's mother's presidential campaign that became clear was she was running because she genuinely wanted to be president. She genuinely wanted to be do the right thing. But she didn't have, until the very end of the show... The judgment to see that other people around her were using her for their own goals, not the least of which jerry um, and the other thing that was true in that is true Carolyn today and is often true in reality is that many of the other many of the people who create culture in the world. It, on Mars, were choosing to ignore that any of that shit was happening. Because they didn't want to engage with it to them that's over there and we create our own thing and we will never be and, we, and that will never intersect because it never has to. And the sad truth of it is, is that that stuff intersects at the point of creation, it uh, it all is wrapped up in the same thing, and that's really what I think. Satsurianiabi wants, with at least this part of Carol and Tuesday, I think I'm pretty sure that the third part of Carol and Tuesday wants to have a conversation about it. it. Wants to have a conversation about the fact that you know artists and you know cult and creators of pop of pop culture like music, are um, valuable components and how the overall feeling of culture steers. Um, a, a good example of this, actually not a good, a good example of this being done in a bad way, in a very obvious way, is when... P Diddy and it didn't didn't quite work the way people wanted it to. Um, when P Diddy did the Rock the Vote campaign, and P Diddy, I would imagine, wanted to raise awareness about politics, uh, get get people out to vote, all that stuff, but he didn't want to hitch his wagon to a campaign because that comes with a whole level of baggage that you know, some artists like Katy Perry are willing to deal with. Other artists like, um, P. Diddy aren't willing to deal with. And to each their own on that level. But you have to respect their choice no matter what. But the other thing that you have to know is that, and this is a thing I don't think is portrayed in, um care on Tuesday particularly well, and that is that people are smart. People will fi- people will figure their shit out. And if it looks and feels fake, you'll be like, uh, singing Eye of the Tiger as the opening ceremony for Hillary Clinton feels super on the nose and super weird and this makes me feel awkward. Then, if you feel that, then other people definitely do too. And I think the reason this—I think the reason this show stays away from that is because it wants to show. it wants to talk about the value of the creator in the in the process of the value of the creator in the process of steering um, popular opinion. And of sw- of swaying those in power, because if you if you haven't seen it, and you should you should go look it up. If you haven't seen it, you should go look up Eminem's performance with um, Elton John. It is. It is one of. Th- it is one of like. It, until you learn that Elton John is Eminem's um, a is, a- AA sponsor, it. Y- when you see it, you think to yourself, "This is one of the most amazing performances in like in music history," and it probably is. It will probably be like. It is probably in the history books as one of the, holy shit, I can't believe. They put the two of them on stage in this happened moment. And the reason for that is that, by and large, the hip-hop and rap world are not very open to people who are gay. And to for Eminem to take the stand and say, I'm going to say, I'm friends with Elton John. He's done me a solid for years now. I'm going to perform with him on stage. That's a big commitment. That is an artist saying, this is what I, this is the thing I want to throw my weight behind and I want to support, and I want to do it for this person and for this group of people. Fuck everyone else. Um, another version in the same vein as years ago and hilariously enough, speaking of P. Diddy the great shot of him from this fucking thing, is when Tattoo, the band the um, band that was two girls who were um, I believe dating were, or at the very least very publicly like, into each other um, <laughs> was big they performed, I think it's VMAs and they ended that performance, and I think Macklemore um, did something similar, uh, ended that performance with, like, thousands of, with, like, hundreds of gay couples making out at the end. <laughs> and, it, like, the these are moments when artists take it upon themselves to use their platform to chip in to to, you know, pipe into a conversation that's happening. Um, there was the, and of course there's stuff like Meryl Streep railing at Trump from the podium of an awards show, I think at the Oscars. Um, there is Alec Baldwin playing Trump on SNL. There was basically all of SNL. And, uh, like, the, thi- the hopeful thing that Carol and Tuesday want to say is that culture can defeat the bad parts of it with the good parts of it. And that people, and that if people put their weight behind, you know, an Eminem song about Trump being a jackass, then maybe we'll drive the point home. Now, there'll always be people who are, like, just just not wired, right? It's not that they're bad people, it's just that they're not wired, right, for some reason. And those reasons could be perfectly understandable. But they're just, like, just the wiring is fucked up, and just, it goes bad. There'll always be those people. But, like, it, if you are a creator and you believe in something and you see it being, you know, derided or put down or any of that, it is part of your responsibility as a creator to stand up for it. Because, and this is a bad reason for this, by the way, you should never do this for this reason, but it's the reason people give. Eventually whoever's oppressing things will come for you. If that makes any sense. Um, on that note, on that very serious note about Carol and Tuesday Part 2, I've been Alex, you've been listening to Lunchbox Radio. If you have listened to this podcast before, you know that this is not usually the way it goes. It's not usually this serious. It's serious sometimes, but not this serious. Um, but it's, it's It's the start of a new decade, so I had to start with a banger. Um, But my name has been Alex, and you've been listening to Lunchbox Radio, and I will talk to you next time. know it's dangerous for sure. But somehow I'm craving love once more. So I guess it means I'm finally moving on. I'm not.